Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners and share their stories, their trials, and what's working for them right now. To apply to be a guest on this podcast, click the link in the description. Hope you enjoy and subscribe. What's up, Gym Lords? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. My name is Bree. I will be your host today, and I'm here with Casey from Numa in Siri, Arkansas. What's up, Casey? How are you today? I'm great, Bree. How are you? Doing well. Thank you for taking the time to join us. I appreciate it. Of course. Thanks for asking. Absolutely. All righty. So let's jump right into the details here. What is it that made you want to own your own gym? How did you get started? Gyms, actually, not just one, multiple locations here. Um, so what is the backstory there? Well, I taught for a number of years at um, more of a big, uh, big box style gym. And I just found some things that I wanted to change. I think I've always had an entrepreneurial heart. I love a challenge. I wanted to own and make um, my own decisions. Mm -hmm. And I had some theories just from past experiences in my own life on what type of movement I wanted to do, what type of customer service that I wanted um, to give. And I had a background in finance. So they, I just look back at my life and think, okay, all the, all the paths led here. Absolutely. Yeah, that is definitely helpful to have a background in finance uh, when opening a business because most people don't have any idea what that side of things looks like coming into it. So that's huge. Um, so as far as your business model goes, the different services that you offer within your facilities, kind of walk us through the layout there. Are you group classes, semi-privates, one-on-ones? What does that all look like? So we are a boutique style studio. So we're not actually a big style gym with equipment that's open 24 seven. So we actually have class times and mm -hmm. that um, that's how we're structured. So we are our own brand. We use different types of movement and yoga, Pilates. We do bar hit classes. We do weight training, but all of them are on a particular class schedule mm -hmm. style. So we write all of our own choreography. All of our leaders are trained across our brand. And so you really can only get our style and at our brands and at our studios. Okay, awesome. And what do the classes look like? Is it like a kind of like a cardio mix? What, how does, how does it work? Yes. Yeah, so let's just take um, yoga, for example. So we do different forms of yoga. So we'll have everything from a relaxed, we call it rest, restore, and detox, more from a recovery detox. We're all heated, so we use infrared heat. Um, so that's more of a re rehabilitation, relaxation. So we're a strong mind as well as the body. Pneuma itself is the phonetic spelling for the Greek word for spirit. So we look at everything, the mission of all of our studios, the mission of our brand is to connect you to yourself, to your pneuma. And we use, if you think of it like a pyramid, we use all the building blocks of your pyramid to support that mission, the pneuma mission. So yoga, we've got relaxed yoga. We have yoga with weights. We actually have strength classes, which are no yoga. That's all lifting weights. And we go to the fatigue of the muscle. We do hit classes, um, 45 minute. We do dance cardio, 45 minute. We do bar classes. Uh, we have straight Pilates classes. We used to do reformers. We now just structure inside um, just for really space. Um, you stay on your mat, kind of your own little real estate. Awesome. Okay. Yeah. Lots of different things going on. Yeah. That's awesome. I love that. Okay. And as far as your membership base goes, how many members are you currently serving at mm -hmm. your facilities, um, either in general or kind of across the board? How many members are we working with? 
So we just hit our five year anniversary and we've served over 30,000 in those five years. Awesome. Yeah, and we just opened up, you know, post COVID. I know we'll kind of visit about that, but we've opened up our online studio. And so we're we're excited to get that growing as just like our brick and mortars. Absolutely. And that really allows you to expand your reach as well, which is fantastic. Super scalable online. So very cool. Um, so as far as acquiring new clients goes, this is typically the area that most gym owners really struggle in. How do you go about marketing, advertising, getting the word out there about what it is that you do to bring new people in? So we do all of it, marketing. I think I took that for granted when we very first started. You know, our very first location was in a town of 25,000, and I took for granted that I still needed to be on Google. So that was learned. Um, and, you know, we'll get a lot of hits um, in some of our bigger um, cities that we're in. Um, we'll get a ton of hits on uh, Google, but I took that for granted our smaller location. So of course we do those every type of social media. I've got a corporate team of seven just across four studios, but of course we're, we're getting our team nice and strong as we begin to go and add on more, but definitely every type of social media, uh, we do a referral system. That's huge. Our two main ways that people hear about us are from referrals from our members. So we take that very personal, very serious. Um, and then of course, Google is the main one, you know, Instagram would be the next one, but most people know who we are to find us on Instagram or they find us through one of our referral based clients that, you know, post or things like that. We do influencers. Mm -hmm. I think that's important that you don't need to leave out definitely in this day and age. Um, good old email, good old SMS. Um, those get a little bit harder nowadays. There's a lot of checks and balances there. Um, and so really getting out, we do events every month. We have a quota on events in every location that we do. And we partner. I think it's really important. Not only, of course, I'm a female and we're female owned. Um, but I think getting outside of, you know, partnering with other businesses and helping support other businesses and get involved in the community that you're in as well. Yeah, absolutely. So multiple poles in the water, I like to say, as far as the marketing, the advertising goes and getting the word out there to let people know where you are, what you do, what you're about. Uh, very important. And I like that you put in there the piece about kind of taking the marketing for granted initially, because a lot of people think like, well, I'm in a small town and word of mouth will do enough and, you know, it's going to be enough. But a lot of times it's not. You know, it's like people just don't know that you're there. It's crazy because people could live within five minutes of your studio or facility and just not even know that you exist. Yes. And that was surprising to me. So it was a good lesson for me to learn. You know, you can always look back hindsight and um, find out the things that you missed. Um, and of course, you can do anything one time, but you need to stay consistent with it. So having a process mm -hmm. and someone um, early on it come to your rinse wash repeat and yes. so we that verbiage a lot and so I mean everybody we're very strict our calendar we have weekly meetings I mean we are if someone you know they're not going to outwork me they're not going to mm -hmm. have passion that I will for my for my business you know right. so um stay with it yes absolutely and as far as when you are running ads and doing marketing, what type of offer are you putting out there as your front end offer to get people's attention and make them want to come into your studios? 
So we actually were a little bit different here because we have 12 different branded classes. I've learned over the years, you know, the very beginning we gave a free week or a number of classes free in a certain period of time. Um, and actually our uh, retention percentage was less by doing that. So now actually we don't do that. And so we actually give a discounted first month. So we offer an unlimited 30 day package at a discounted rate. So not only does it bring in revenue, it also then of course, they, they stay with it. You know, they're invested. If you give somebody for something for free, while sometimes it might get them in the door, they might not be your customer. And so really understanding your customer base and then getting a chance to be in front of them more than three to five times in 30 days is really key for retention, at least it has been for us. So that's something that's really important. And you get yeah. a chance, to, you know, you get you get a chance to build that relationship. Right. Yeah, absolutely. I completely agree. I'm not a fan, never have been of a low barrier offer to bring people in the doors. Um, it's just, it draws in a lot of times, not the right people that you want in your gym. You know, yeah. and the people that do come in on those offers, not all the time, but most of the time are not super serious. You know, they're not that invested. People who pay, pay attention. So if somebody's paying a little bit of a higher rate to come into the facility, chances are they're going to take it more seriously. You know, they're going to show up. They're going to stick with it for a good amount of time for them to be able to see some results, become a part of the community. And, you know, once you create that type of a relationship, like you said, the retention comes into play and people are far more likely to stick around for a longer period of time. Um, so I really like that. And rather than doing a, like a free week or a free trial or, or something of that nature, I, I definitely like that. Um, so now how many people on a monthly basis are typically coming in and taking advantage of that? Uh, so like new clients that come in, so we'll have an average of about a hundred in a month mm -hmm. and that's a good average, you know, we'll spike at certain times of the year, but when you average that out, you know, I don't really like to, of course, January is always big and actually springtime, it's been really different because I think it's, it's been really different since COVID and I hope that other gyms and studios have found this as well, but actually we have grown each month, really almost beginning the beginning of this year of 2022. Each quarter um, has been more than the quarter before. We've beat by a lot of percentages when you look back at the year before. And of course, the year before we were closed for COVID, um, but it's increasing. So that's exciting. I think people need connection. Yes, absolutely. And I'm, I'm glad that you say that because so many people are still kind of caught up in COVID and what it did to the business. And obviously, yeah, it took a huge hit on a, on this industry. And a lot of the businesses, as we know, a lot of businesses didn't survive, but you know, a lot of them did. And people are still kind of caught up on, oh, COVID, 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 almost like blaming things on COVID. And it's like, okay, we're, we're past that now. It's like, we need to get to the other side. People are ready to come back into the gym. They're ready to get back into routines. They need health and wellness and exercise and connection, like you said, and then also the mental aspect as well of just having that release and being around like-minded people. And there are just so many levels to it that people need. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's very possible to be growing month over month in a time like this. So I'm glad, I'm glad that you're experiencing that. Well, thank you. And it's been fun. And I think just having the um, entrepreneurial spirit 
I really enjoy creativity. You know, we write all of our own choreography and I write the bulk of it. Um, I really love that. So, I mean, when COVID hit, I mean, I remember we had morning classes and then we, when the president at the time came on and said, X, Y, Z, you know, I respected what was out of protection for employees and members in our city. You know, I shut down that day, March 16th of 2020. Anyway, so I remember we had morning classes. I had just finished my noon class, the lunch hour class, and we closed down from there. By the next morning at 8 a.m., you know, I was on that evening going live, talking to our members, and then we went online. I mean, we very first went, I just did online through Instagram. I mean, bless yeah. our thing. I mean, it was whatever you needed to do. And then we quickly pivoted from there. So it's a, I mean, it can be, obviously it was horrible, the pandemic itself. Um, and so I'm not lessening that. Um, and it was also a chance to kind of, you know, mon no pun intended, but flex my muscles and try to think, okay, what can we do here? And you just tried something and you just tried what could and you found out what worked and what didn't, you know? Right. Yes. Um, Absolutely. So now, with all of that being said, typically there are some types of challenges or bottlenecks within the business that are kind of always top of mind. There's always something that we're working on, whether it be to get to the next level or to fix an issue that we're having within the facility currently. So for you, what either challenges or bottlenecks are you currently facing and how are you overcoming those? So for us personally, you know, it's keeping the um, the day to day, keeping in front of making sure that we're communicating in the way that we want to communicate. We actually just went through a rebranding, something we've been working on for about a year. And so we have, you know, everything is the same. The mission is the same. Our classes are the same. Um, but just going through the, the everyday business, you know, as a as an owner, you know, I started this too because I love movement. Movement was healing for me. So I'm in the studio teaching six days a week. And so really trying to figure out, I'm, I've been, I'm married. I'm a mom of three. So it's just like you, you know, I've got a lot of different hats that I wear. And so I, for me personally, and of course, whatever affects me trickles down to my team, um, is learning how to be in the business but then pull myself out of the business to work the business. Yes. And so balance. And I don't, I'm never going to be straight balance. It's always going to be that. Um, but delegating, you know, when you start to grow, you can't do everything on your own. And I'm okay with that. It's neat to see others kind of come up and um, show their talents and things like that. So I enjoy that side of it. Um, but just the balance of being in and then having to step out to, to work it right you know, to absolutely yeah and that's something that a lot of gym owners really struggle with because you can't work on the business when you're working in the business six days a week 12 14 16 hours a day uh it doesn't really it doesn't really work you don't have enough time you know there's only so much time in a day and only so much attention that you can direct to one specific thing at a time. Um, so it can be really challenging. And I mean, delegating tasks is, is great and necessary, but very hard to do, especially if you've kind of been the one doing everything the whole way and built this empire essentially of your own 
And it's hard to let go of some of that control and let other people step in and take over some of those tasks because you care about your business so much that you do not want the level of service to dip even in the slightest. So I definitely understand that aspect. But again, necessary for you to be able to grow, step out a little bit and be able to work more so on the business. Um, easier said than done, but, but doable eventually. Uh, so what needs to happen for you to be able to take that step and a step back at least a little bit to kind of work on what's coming next? Well, I really have, um, I mean, I have honest conversations with myself. You know, what do I really want? So where we are right now is, you know, at a certain point, I have a really strong corporate team, mm -hmm. but to really move forward anymore with say payroll expenses i i need to open up another studio to bring in revenue right so then the question is okay i'm a mom of three they're this age so what things you know what is this going to look like who do i have in place to be able to help support this so that i can make sure i always make my son's baseball games those are the conversations that i have with myself of what do i really want um and what would really make me happy in the very beginning when i opened up my my answer was, I want to take my kids to school and I want to pick them up. Now, I might pick them up and bring them back with me because them seeing me, you know, me and her, my parents had their own business. So I did that quite a bit. Mm -hmm. And so I, I learned those values from there. So really having, you know, and I think that can be different for anybody and it can change. It can be different year to year. Um, so for me right now, that's my direct question. And uh, I mean, the answer is, yes, I have those people into place. We're getting really strong. Now we're ready to go in this other market, in this other city, which is what we're planning on then. Mm -hmm. So um, planning is super, super important. Being able to turn on a dime and be creative and figure something out if it's not working is important. Um, and surrounding yourself with a team that can do the same. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And as far as the studios that you have open currently, are they maxed out on membership? So one of them, yes. Okay. Yeah. And okay. well, one of them we're in a college town and it is for whenever. Now we still have available times like during the day, but they're not peak times, but we've actually expanded that studio even recently. So we were able to bring in about 20 more mats per class, which made a big difference for us mm -hmm. and so and I have, we add once the school's back in session we add about a dozen more classes we go up by about 25 percent at that studio but one of our locations you know and we go we really have about a two-hour break during the day so in that particular city we would love to be able to expand and move forward in there and have another location too so yeah okay and so are you running all of these studios or are they is it more like a franchise where people purchase you're running them all yeah so we okay. yes they're all owned by me and then we have a corporate team that's what i call all my team that we work with daily weekly together to help run all of it and we all own well, that's the verbiage we use we all own different things mm -hmm. and so talking things and helping organize we talk in ownership okay well we want to do xyz who owns what to get this done. Okay. All right. So now within the facilities, are there any other streams of revenue for the business besides the membership, whether that be uh, nutrition, accountability, coaching, retail, supplementation, anything of that nature? 
Yes. So we have, we have a strong retail presence. Actually, we have a pretty strong retail online as well as studios. So that helps support a lot of, um, help bring in a lot of revenue at the studios themselves, all locations as well as online. Um, we don't do supplements, but we work with other businesses at each studio location to do that. Um, I'm very, uh, I want to make sure it's somebody with credentials. I don't have a background in dietetics. Mm -hmm. So that's important to me. So we'll bring them in more from a contract standpoint and do things with them. Um, but we also have, um, like I mentioned, the retail, we have merchandise. That's just our brand. We do our own lines of apparel as well. And we bring those in. Um, and then of course, our online, we have parties. We do corporate events. We go into corporations and things like that too. So Okay. All right. Got it. And so now I always like to ask about big picture. I like to call it like unicorn gold. And you touched on this slightly, but where are you really looking to take the business? Where are you directing most of your attention right now within the business to get there? And what is the big picture goal for you for NUMA? So to be in every major. So I would love it to be known nationally. Um, we've actually just started just this month, a national campaign that's really more for our online. Um, and I would like to be in front of people, but in a quality, not a quantity. Mm -hmm. And so I say that careful because I believe in NUMA and I believe in the mission and I think it's needed now more than ever. Um, but I'm not just looking to open up more studios. Um, I do have a dream of franchising. Um, we do have 25 that are on the wait list to be able to franchise, but I want to have more corporately owned first. I, you know, four is still small and we've only been alive five years. So I know I still have more lessons to learn and I take, I take a big responsibility if someone were to buy into something that I created, if it wasn't ready to go. So I don't want to do that too early. Um, so big picture would be, I want to own some more corporately first, get outside our market. I think it's important to go open in a brand new city and a brand new market. I think it's important to learn those lessons as well as, um, open in my, uh, another location where we're known, see what that looks like marketing, see what the dollars take there. Those are a couple lessons. I learned. And then just start, begin on a national level with our online and then help it maybe look out, hey, you're, you're popular in this city, maybe go and put a brick and mortar there. Maybe that's where one of your franchisees go ahead and open up. You already have a name there. You know, build that brand recognition. Right, yeah, absolutely. Uh, and so when you do expand into other cities, is that initially going to be the task of the corporate team to run those studios at first, just to kind of see how things play out before you start franchising? Yes. Yeah. I think it's important. I want to be able to learn because I know that we'll make mistakes and that's okay. And so I want to learn those. I want to know what to expect. Um, and I like the challenge. I want to know if I can do it. And if, and if, if I like the challenge, you know, I want, I want to feel the weight of the responsibility of it. I like that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That pushes you, you know, to do more and really show yourself what you're capable of. So yeah, that's that entrepreneurial drive, you know, that, that keeps us going at the end of the day. So I love that. Um, now, one thing I, I always love to touch on as well is a piece of advice for somebody who is considering opening their own facility, doing their own thing, kind of going their own way. 
what would that be? What's one of the most important things that you've learned over your time in this industry and in ownership at this point? I think you really need to know yourself mm -hmm. um, because you will make mistakes and you need to be able to bounce back from them. You know, not only from a mental standpoint, but just from a financial standpoint of, wow, that mistake cost me $25,000. I need to know how to dig myself out mm -hmm. and then I need to be able to learn from it. And so being able to have those honest conversations of Casey, this is not your, this is not your, your blessing. This is not your powerhouse. And you need to be okay with that. You need to right. be okay with somebody that can be, um, you know, an extension of you and they can be better at something than you. That's what teamwork is, is about. You know, I'm not trying to be, but I think you need to know yourself and you need to be okay having those honest conversations and be, and you need to be able to hear it from other people because you will on a daily basis. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you made a good point there about putting people in positions for success. You know, it's like you can't do every yeah. task within the business. And sometimes people are better than you at one task or another. So to yeah. be able to kind of let your own guard down and put your ego aside, which is very hard to do sometimes, uh, and allow somebody else to come in and take care of certain things within the business is so important. Yeah. Yes. And just know, I mean, I remember the first three weeks that we opened our first location. I was up here until, you know, 11 or midnight every night and up here before 4 a.m. And I remember walking in the second week and you're kind of delirious by that point. And I thought, what did I do? Yes. <laughs> oh, what did I do? But I, I, the next day, again, you know, you just, you, you should love it. Mm -hmm. love yeah. It. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you figure it out as you go. Um, yeah. But yes, yeah, definitely some some things you learn along the way and uh, lots of unexpected things that come up that you just didn't really expect or think about in the beginning. So yeah, yeah you definitely have to love it, have that passion to keep you going through the good stuff and the bad stuff or the not so great stuff, I should say. So all right. Awesome. So as we start to wrap up here, where can the listeners find you on social media? Yeah, so we're Numa Studios on social media. That's also our web address, um, numastudios.com. So yes, please check us out. You can take us online from anywhere 24-7. We're on Hulu and Apple and Google and you name it. We have our own app, so we're super easy to find. All can be located through our social channels and our website. Perfect. All right. Awesome. So Casey from Numa in Siri, Arkansas, thank you so much for taking the time to join us today. It's been so great having you on the show. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Absolutely. To all the listeners out there, make sure that you subscribe so that you'll be updated on future episodes of the show. In the meantime, keep killing it out there and we will catch you on the flip side. Jim Lords out. Thank you for listening to this interview, but don't go anywhere. We still have two more incredible interviews coming right up inside this episode. But if you're a gym owner that's looking to get more clients, keep them longer, and make more money, head to the link in the description of this podcast and schedule a free leave your credit card at home consultation with one of our business consultants. You see, here at Gym Launch, we've helped over 4,000 gym owners across the world increase their sales, take home more money, and build the business of their dreams. And it simply starts with a phone call. Click on the link in the description of this podcast to schedule your call today. Now, let's head into the next interview. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I will be your host today. My name is Joe Fitzgerald, and joining us on the show 
is Mr. John Green of Capital City Fitness coming to you from Lansing, Michigan. John, what's going on today, sir? How are we? Hey, good, Joe. Thanks for having me on here. Just taking a little short break in between uh, some clients to talk to you. Busy life of a gym owner. Yeah. Certainly never stops. Now, John, obviously we're here to talk Capital City and, and your experience as a gym owner here. Why don't you give us a little bit of context as to, to what this is? When you describe Capital City Fitness, what do you tell people? Yeah, it's it's a, really a personal a personal training studio, not so much a gym. Uh, you know, I it, it's modeled along the line, a lot of one-on-one or one-on-two couple training. We do have some small group trainings, you know, usually assigned times early in the morning, later in the evening. Uh, and it's a lot of the clientele, I'd say, is probably uh, – coming here, you know, based on their time with me, but also with, uh, you know, with the whole COVID thing that happened, a lot of them don't want to go to the big box gyms and be exposed to things. So I think they, uh, you know, there's a market for this type of thing going on. So if I had to explain it, sum it up, it'd be, you know, a boutique uh, personal training studio. Yeah. yeah. And so walk me through, I, I think the, the origin story is typically a fascinating one for a lot of gym owners. Walk us through kind of what made you decide to open up this business now? Okay. What was really the goal of starting this out? Right. So, you know, again, it had to do really with, you know, the COVID and the shutdown of all the gym facilities and everything. Uh, you know, before that, I had been thinking about, you know, hey, we do this on our own. But I think that was really the impetus that said, yeah, we got to go for this. Uh, you know, when everything started getting shut down, uh, I'm in a national garden and got sent away for a while. And I did have time to think about it. Uh, we had clients, you know, calling me, texting me, Hey, when you get back, you know, can we do something about this? You know, I'm missing our workouts, everything shut down. And I, I said, yeah, we'll figure out a way, you know, uh, you know, it might not be the best or the biggest right away, but we'll figure out how to get your workouts in, you know, and that's really what started it. Uh, because we didn't know the timeline for reopenings of things. So it was like, Okay, yeah, you know, as one in the fitness industry, I'm not, or as a coach, I'm not one to put things off. So we did what we had to do. We started small, and uh, you know, that's how we, that's how we really approached it. Yeah. When you were were looking for a physical space in which to house this, what was important for you in terms of the, the commercial space that you guys ended up landing on? What were some yeah. sort of non-negotiables that you were looking for? Right, right. So you know, one of the things that was in a facility. I mean, you want open floor space, obviously, you know, and I'm, you know, I've always been, you know, more of a functional type uh, trainer, uh, you know, free weights, that type of thing, not big on machines, but I did want a lot of room, open space in the room. So high ceilings, uh, things like that. And with the ability, you know, if we're not doing a lot of cardio indoors, the ability to access the outdoors, uh, whether it's, you know, utilizing city parks, trails, whatever, or the property around you. I wanted to add access to that outdoor space. And, and, you know, obviously living in a city, that can be tough to find. So it was challenging. Uh, you know, we looked at a lot of rental properties to begin with and what we could buy. And, and that's really what we started with. And we really couldn't find anything on the market that really suited our needs as far as rentals go. Yeah. It's an interesting process finding commercial space that checks all the boxes that we're actually looking for. Now, when you did find the space that you did, when was it that the doors officially opened? Okay, so we, we actually, for this space, I think we closed in January, and it was, I think, June prior to actually getting everybody moved in here. 
and working out at the location we're at right now. Got uh, it. Yeah. Did you have an idea at the outset of, of what you were in for? Now that you've been doing this for a little while, did you, do you think that this was sort of starry-eyed ambition or were you pretty sure of, of the work involved in building a business? Yeah, we're, I, I was, I mean, I, you know, again, I, with my experience, you know, in the private sector working at the YMCA, I was pretty sure what I, you know, what worked and what didn't. But the biggest thing I'd say, I didn't want to overextend ourselves mm. and get into a, you know, especially with still the uncertainty of COVID saying, okay, we're going to take on this lease. Are we going to be able to cover everything? So that definitely played a huge part in deciding which, you know, property we were looking at. And obviously it came down to the point that we'd rather own than rent, you know, and I, you know, that's really what made the decision easier for us sure. is to decide, okay, start smaller. We can always grow, but ensure we get a property that we can grow on. Absolutely. Uh, and so now as the business is today, you already sort of mentioned the main model of this being we've got one-on-one -on -one and we've got some group training aspect of this. Walk me through what marketing looks like for you. How have you been able to, to spread the word and bring in some new clients to work with you guys? Yeah. And, you know, I'll, I'll bring us back to location, really, where one of the areas that we picked was a high traffic area here in the city. Uh, we're right next to the interstate, so easy access. Uh, and, and the highway uh, next to us, a lot of traffic in and out of the city and, you know, the state capitals here. So it's a route that those state capital workers, government workers travel. So that was one of our criteria for choosing the location. Said marketing's, you know, as a personal trainer, word of mouth huge. I use that as number one. But when you're starting new, people have to see you. And we're right on the main drag. And I'll take people outside doing exercises, have the facility doors open. We have the clear garage doors that you can open up, work out outside. You can see the people working out inside. So a lot of traffic throughout the day serves as our marketing. Another big thing we chose this location for uh, could be rezoned like commercial. We're right on the edge of a commercial residential zone. So we have a neighborhood here, uh, a pretty, fairly sizable, that we can draw interest from as well. So it's almost like... You know, I used to, I grew up in Pittsburgh and I'll, you know, not that this has anything to do with the fitness industry, but it works. You have your neighborhood bars, right? And where do the people go? They know where, you know, it's close. It's easy, right? Same thing really works for a fitness center of this size. People drive up and down the street or they can walk. I have clients now that live on the same street, probably four or five and walk to the gym. Yep. So it's in a good neighborhood for where you get that kind of thing. Sure. So location has been the catalyst for a lot of the growth that you've seen. Do you guys still have room to grow beyond where you are now? or are we? Yeah, we do. Yep. And that's why we chose, again, with the acreage that we have here, you know, we're able to look ahead and we've already been talking about as far as, okay, how big do we want to go? How, again, with our, our model, I'm not looking at typical gym memberships, but I would like the ability, you know, I have clients that don't work out with me, you know, maybe every day, have them come in and do some cardio or do some other stuff. So that's really the idea behind it is increase the facility to allow them to do that. That just gives them extra incentive to come see us. They know it's, you know, it's a smaller facility, but there's not overcrowded. You can get on a bench when you want to, you can get on a squat rack when you want to, things like that. Sure. And so with the room that you guys have, do you think now that the business is maturing a little bit and, and the dust has settled somewhat, do you think that you'll add in any other kinds of marketing strategies as you move forward? Yeah. Yeah. We're, I mean, we obviously we've looked at social media, 
Uh, I'll be honest myself, I'm not a huge social media person, but I do have clients that are common in in the fitness. (laughs) Unfortunately, it's a necessary evil. Uh, Right. Yeah. And so I I understand the importance of it, but I have clients, you know, younger clients that are all about it and they're, you know, I mean, they'll post things about the gym. I don't even know. They'll remind me, but yeah, that type of thing and signage where we're located at, you know, again, we're looking at, that's quite an investment when you start to look at the cost of signage but we're able to do it right where we're at. So that's probably our next big investment really as far as marketing goes. Again, to capture that car traffic that, you know, comes right in front of the property really uh, and make people more aware of it. Yeah. The, I want to pick your brain on the social media piece because I think that's a struggle for a lot of people that one that listen to this podcast, but two that just own gyms in general. Uh, and, And so how can we overcome that? What's sort of the, I mean, if we, if we know that it's something that we have to do, whether we like it or not, what's sort of the, how do we bite the bullet? How do we eat the frog, if you will? Right. I think you have to dedicate that amount of time, put it in your schedule. Because I get, I think you mentioned it when we were talking prior, you get so wrapped up in the, you know, the aspect of training and coaching. A lot of times you, you know, might neglect the business aspect of it and, <clears throat> Social media sometimes is even farther to the left or right, right? So we're like, okay, I'll get to it when it falls down that priority. It one. falls down that check check the box list. So you look at it, you're like, okay, I'm doing pretty good. I'll work on that next week. And it kind of gets shifted, you know. And it's, I think you have to have dedicated time in your schedule if you're going to, you know, if you're really serious about doing that, you got to make a concerted effort to do it, right? Yeah. Otherwise, it's probably you're just going to push it off. John, Take us to the next step in the process. Uh, we can get leads from any number of sources, but at some point, those leads need to convert, convert into paying customers to actually mean something to the business. And so when someone reaches out to you, says, hey, John, I'm interested in training at Capital City, what's a typical sales process look like? Who are they meeting with? What happens? Well, obviously, they, you know, I, their first contact is going to be me. And then I, I talk to them, you know, find their interests out what they're looking for and generally i'll probably i'll get a heads up from some of the people uh that maybe did the referrals so i'll know already what's coming and maybe you know what i have to anticipate with that individual you know and how to sell them but uh i think the biggest thing is making them feel comfortable on that first call or first visit uh you know you give them your background right but how long you've been doing it you know what's your specialties if you have them things like that but bringing them in, you know, I, I've always brought them in on the first one or two visits for free. I mean, I say, hey, if you don't, if it's not for you, it's not for you. If, the, you know, it doesn't match up with what you're looking for, uh, you know, then you can find something else. But I, I know from experience, I think, you know, once I've met an individual, I'm not bragging, but once I've met an individual or two, uh, I haven't lost clients. I can't, I mean, it's very rare, you know, unless something happens to that client that you'll, uh, that I've lost. Them. So I think once you get them going for a workout or two and they understand, okay, I can, you know, do this and this is safe and I trust this person, you know, but I think it's valuable to do that first for you too. So they understand, Hey, this guy's not just, you know, trying to get one over. Yeah. And so it sounds like retention is a strong point for you. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah. People. Yeah, I think uh, retention, I mean, again, you probably know that, you know, it's easier to retain people than to try to get new ones. No, those people you retain. It's far easier to fill a bucket if that bucket <laughs> doesn't have holes in it. I agree. Yep. And, yep. and then, the, you know, the retention piece, I, again, uh, for doing, being in the business this long, I'll have kids of people that I've trained. 
So it's, and it's funny. Now I'm getting to the point where these, these people are, I'm going to be on a third generation. It looks like in 10 years. So it's, it's, you know, they trust you. So it's like, you know, and you might not see some people for a while, but then their kids show up. So it's it, the retention piece is key. Even if you think, yeah, this person's moved away. I may not see him again. Well, guess what? They remember him five, 10 years down the road. Hey, John, I got, you know, I got my son. He really wants to play football now. He's in high school, things like that. So now in terms of the business maturing and, and growth and expansion, do you think that that hiring or bringing on other staff is in the cards for you at some point? Yeah, I, I definitely, I, I mean, that's one of the things I'm looking at, especially being in the National Guard. I, you know, I can't anticipate when something might happen, right? Or when I have to say, hey, I have to make those phone calls and I'm, you know, I could be gone for the next eight weeks. So, you know, I'm fortunate to have my wife cover some ground, but she has a full-time job, obviously, as an occupational therapist, so she can't do it all. Yeah, so definitely that's in the cards. Uh, it's been difficult lately because everybody, again, after COVID was kind of scattered. My contacts, everybody, I mean, literally just gone to the, you know, four winds. Uh, and there's people that hang around, but everybody, I think, you know, the ones that were serious about the profession found a way to stay and stick and they got their own thing going up. So it's kind of a, we're at a period, I guess, where, you know, you got to find some young talent and, uh, it's tough as a trainer to trust that talent just as it is for my clients to trust me. It takes, it takes a little bit of, okay, you show me what you got. Let's see what you got. And if you stick with it, it's, you know, it's, that, that's always been tough. Yeah. Hiring my, good trainers. My experience with hiring has always gone one of two routes. It's either we're bringing on somebody totally brand new and we know that we need to invest time into training and molding this person or we're bringing somebody on with experience and we just have to be okay that they probably have their training biases and, and may not be as moldable as that newer person. And, and there's no right answer as to, to which is better, but pros and cons to both. Certainly. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, <laughs> I'd say that's probably one of the most difficult things I've done as a director is hiring that you, you take a chance and you know, you get somebody good and, you know, eventually you like to see them grow and they're going to probably move on as well. So it's a continual process. Yeah. But yeah, as a small business owner now, I have obviously more buying and I don't, you know, I can't have the, the trainers that maybe, you know, okay, I, you know, he's off, he's off the chain a bit. So I, it's just, you know, a growing experience. That's all trying yep. to figure out who's, who's right for the job. Now, in terms of, of growing, John, big picture this with me for a moment in the next Let's go short term first. Twelve months. What's what's sort of the the vision that you have for the business? What are some targets that we're looking to hit? Right. So you know, as far as clientele goes, I, I really think it's it's dedicated on space because we're maxed out right, right now through the working days. You know, we're we're pretty we're pretty full with as far as when we go six days a week here, and we're seeing twelve to fifteen hour days. So you know, you got two alternatives: either we open up to some sort of membership, right? With, and that would facilitate, I mean, it would need an expansion or we started to hire other trainers. And it, you know, the problem there comes into play again, we have limited space. So it all comes down to the expansion of the facility. Uh, and we're, you know, we're talking that right now. I do have a friend who's an architect. So luckily I have him in the fold and we're figuring out what would be best utilized for the space that we have and incorporated without shutting down the current facility and uh, moving forward with that. But I think that's, that's really the critical point we're looking at now is 
we really want to grow the business. We got to expand that space. Yeah. Which is uh, a fun, but expensive conversation to have. Yes. Especially right now. Yeah. What's yeah. And just in terms of, of material, even if you know, the guy is probably charging you for his time now, What's the timeline on that, John? Do you think that that's in the next year, in the next five years? In the uh, next I think years? I think we're talking one or two years because, you know, again, it, I'm I'll pull back on my engineer experience. I'm an engineer in the National Guard, so I know a lot of contractors, and you know, and I talk to them like, hey, what do you think? You know, is the cost of construction going to come down in the next year, two, three? And every one of them, no, no, so. That's like why wait then? What are we waiting for? Because you know, if I wait, then it never gets done, right? So it it looks like you know that decision's probably been made for me. So I'm not going to sit around and wait. So I'll probably go ahead and move forward with that. But then again, with the idea of and I, you know, I, I draw from personal experience why one of the YMCA's we worked, at, I think we expanded too fast, and it was in a commercial lease. So you know, they said, okay, two years, we'll take this amount of footage, this amount of footage. Well, then you get to the point where you can't justify you yeah. can't do it so that's you know i'm hesitant in the square footage and i need to add and keep within our business model so i think i know what i need you know uh, and it's just okay going ahead and moving forward that plan yeah but over expansion too quickly i i wouldn't want to do this now big big picture john i think uh a really rare conversation especially amongst the fitness community is retirement exit strategy how long do you think you'll you'll go with this business is there a plan beyond yep. the next couple of years for you so i mean you know i again we'd be happy with the the location we got we'd be happy to retire right here do our thing we both are passionate about you know health and wellness fitness been doing our whole lives we love it so to me it's it's really not a job and it's unfortunate to walk out we actually live at the location as well. So I walk out my front door and I'm right there. Uh, so it's not really an issue of saying, hey, I want to retire at age 60, 65, whatever. Uh, you know, I, I I can see myself going, you know, until, hey, maybe we just want to get out of the cold weather in Michigan and move south. Who knows? But as far as the timeline goes, no, I'd, I'd keep growing it, you know, as far as helping the people, making sure those individuals, you know, have the space and everything. I'm not looking to, have an exit strategy from the industry. I got into it because I was passionate about it. I mean, yep. uh, you know, it's, it's not just for the money. So. Certainly. It, yeah. Our, our industry is, is unique in that aspect. And I mean, it, it's rare. So I've never met somebody not in it for the money. So never had anybody say I'm against making more money, but there are other things that influence that decision as well. Right. Right. Yeah, there are. I mean, other things in life, like I said, but fortunately, again, for me, you know, being with the guard, I have a fallback, you know, it's right. not, it's, I got, you know, yeah. So I have, you know, the pension coming from the army when I retire from there. I mean, I have things to fall back on. It's an so it's not position to be in as a business owner. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, a lot of times I, I don't, I try not to approach it from a business standpoint. I approach it from a helping people standpoint. And by doing that, it usually makes good business sense anyway, because the people become loyal and they're bad. Like I said, I've, you know, my longest running clients, 23 years. So typically three three times a week, typically that's a pretty good indicator of, of a sound business. If we have 
longevity with our members like that. Now, John, one final question to, to sort of wrap us up and send it off. Uh, if you were starting this over, is there anything you would do different knowing what you know now? Uh, from this the business model that we currently have going on right now? Yep. yep. Uh, you know, I'd, I'd probably say, this, you brought it up earlier, the social media thing, especially for somebody who doesn't have a lot of experience in the industry yet to get that market. Like I was fortunate again to have the word of mouth for a long period of time. But if you're, you know, starting off, I think with the advertising, you got to get it out there. You know, so I'd, I'd make that a dedicated point where, okay, we have this many hours a week allocated to social media. Let's do it. You know, whether it's yourself or somebody who's an expert in there and you can count on them. Uh, but I think you definitely want to make that happen. Uh, other than that, um, you know, as, as far as an expansion goes or, you know, growth of your members, uh, I'm really, I, again, I believe in the whole word of mouth thing. And if you're doing your best as a trainer, that's going to happen. So. Absolutely. Well, John, that's a fantastic place for us to wrap this up. Before we get out of here, why don't you tell people where they can learn a little bit more about Capital City Fitness? Is there a website? Is there social media? Yeah. yeah. Yep. If you uh, just Google Capital City Fitness, you know, you'll find it. It's probably number one on Google for that. Uh, and it's in Lansing if you can't find that. But uh, yeah, you can find it on there. Uh, just give you again a little background about myself. I think you mentioned, you know, 30 years in the business college, you know, athlete, uh, military, uh, just loves, you know, sports and staying fit. Uh, and I really do think it keeps you young. So as you get older, you know, we get it through injuries and everything. It's, it's one of those things that's best, best we can do to offset some of that, but, uh, yeah, look us up capital city fitness, uh, Lansing, Michigan, just Google it. Fantastic. Connect with John on that platform. John, I can't thank you enough for your, your contribution today. I think these types of conversations amongst entrepreneurs are unbelievably valuable to, to be proud of what we've done and, and know that there's still work to be done. So I wish you nothing but the best, my man, and we'll see you again down the road. All right. Thanks, Joe, for having me on, man. Absolutely. And to everyone who tuned in today, thank you as well. Don't forget, if you would like to be notified about future episodes, hit like and subscribe. If you're interested in joining us to talk about your business model, click the link in the description and fill it out. Our team will be in touch with you soon. And as always, until next time, Jim Lord's out. Thank you for listening to the podcast so far. Don't go anywhere. We still have another episode coming right up right after this word from one of our sponsors. The Gym Lords podcast is sponsored by Prestige Labs. Prestige Labs is the first and only nutritional supplements company built by gym owners for gym owners. Prestige Labs solves the problem that all gyms have experienced, the broken inventory model, low commissions, and even lower quality products. Prestige Labs provides 100% drop shipping, zero inventory, PhD formulated high quality supplements for you and your clients. The goal is simple, cover 100% of your rent while never sacrificing your integrity. To learn more or to become an affiliate of Prestige Labs for free, apply at affiliate.prestigelabs.com. That's affiliate.prestigelabs.com. Double your client results, double your income. You can head to affiliate.prestigelabs.com to become an affiliate for free. Now stick around for the rest of this episode. Use coupon code GYMLORDS on prestigelabs.com for 20% off all future supplement orders. 
What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I'll be your host today. My name is Alex Beck, and joining us on the show is Janelle Rydell from Elite Integrated Pilates out of Chicago, Illinois. What's going on, Janelle? Welcome to the show. How are you doing today? Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm doing excellent. Yes, excited to have you on. I appreciate you joining and giving some of your time to sit here and talk with me. I know you have a training session coming up here in 30 minutes. So excited to talk a little bit, excited to you know hear a little bit about your story. Um, but yeah, let's not waste any time here. How did you get started? What is it that made you want to start with opening your own fitness facility? Um, truthfully, I, um, I feel like that I was teaching for you know and working at another studio for a good like 12 or 13 years and I kind of got to the point where I felt like I wanted to do more um and I also wanted to move out of the place where I was from I used to be located on the west coast in Eugene Oregon so I kind of had a like little darts or pinpoints on the map where I thought I wanted to move to and perhaps open my own place. And Chicago has always been one of them that, that I really was drawn to. So I sort of just listened to kind of what was the easiest and happening, you know, at the time, kind of like what felt like the smoothest transition. And I really, kind of organized the whole opening of my space while I was still living in Eugene. So basically when I drove up here to this spot, it, um, I was able to open it within like two weeks. Wow. So I was just like kind of timing equipment with, you know, like the signage and, you know, yeah. all of the things that are like the little details of it and the organization of the, of the space really. So, um, it was, it was, something that I kind of always wanted to do and it just sort of ended up making sense that I did it there you go things just kind of clicked into place it sounds like started as a as a trainer yourself correct yeah exactly I was I was an independent contractor teaching Pilates at another studio so and I kind of got to the point where you know honestly it, it um where I felt like I was sort of capped at how much I could really make doing that and to go beyond that would take something else and that something else felt like my own space so okay okay so elite integrated Pilates I would love for you to give your own um elevator type pitch of you know the services you guys offer what you guys do yeah yeah so I um I teach personal or private um, training sessions here. I will teach duets, like two people at a time. I don't offer, um, you know, like full, like group classes. Um, I love teaching groups, um, but I do find that like by working with people one-on-one, it ends up doing a lot more for them. Right, right. And it's a lot more rewarding, not only from their standpoint, but from mine as well, you know, because, teaching somebody or training somebody becomes kind of this like reciprocal relationship of like, how far are you willing to really go and invest in yourself? Mm. Um, So I, I really feel that like, you know, it's the things that I sort of offer because I have a big history in a lot of different um, kind of mediums of, you know, body work and whatnot can be anything from like, you know, actual, like just, you know, kind of standard Pilates to things that are a little bit more 
kind of depth, like, you know, myofascial release things, um, you know, being able to like move and, and, and um, organize sort of the body in a way that is more properly functional right. rather than just kind of what you would think about. You'd go to a, you know, group class or something for Pilates for. So um, it's pretty, it's, it's, I do a lot of things I, you know, um, but it, it uh, kind of just depends on what somebody's looking for as far as what they're, what I provide for them. Okay. Okay. Awesome. How, how big is the team as of right now? Are you the only one training? Do you have any other? Yeah, I am. I'm the only one. So at some point I have, you know, thought about being able to do something a little bit beyond that. Um, but for now it's um, be just because of how it's sort of worked out as far as like, you know, the pandemic coming on, um, it's, it, it was a slower growth than I yeah, expected. Yeah. 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 Uh, as for a lot of people as well. And, and I mean, what would you say is like the big picture for you? You're coming, you know, post COVID to where at least things are getting normal, more normal now. Um, what's like the big picture for you with your business? Are you trying to, you know, grow it more, um, you know, maybe hire more trainers so that you could have more free time as a business owner? What's that really look like? Yeah, I, ideally that is kind of like where I'm going towards now is the the probably moving spaces. I would I I would like to be you know in a in a place that would offer classes because I do know like personally even for myself it's it's you know fascinating as a teacher because I feel like I or an instructor because I love one on one and I love that like intimate connection that I can yeah. create with people but personally I love I love to take classes because it's just fun and super energetic and um, you, you know you have the, the, an element of competition sometimes yeah. that comes into play with that so I would like to be able to you know potentially move spaces and and actually grow the business so it became like more of a um, studio that encompassed like group classes and and more instructors cool cool yeah okay so have you ever thought of um diving more in towards like the semi-private route at least for yourself right as a solo trainer in a smaller space um you know if, if you do the semi-private route it almost gives you you know you could hold more clients within an hour still be able to give them a personable feel be able to charge a little more because it is you're, it's more personable than, than group training right have you ever thought of going into that route or you like specifically the private training yeah, no, I do. I actually do teach um, semi-privates. I don't teach okay. a lot of them, but okay. I, that is, you're, you're absolutely right. That is a way to kind of move a little bit further beyond mm -hmm. um, where I'm at right now. And um, so, yeah, I do teach semi-privates. Usually it's people who um, know each other, you know, so right. it, it's um, ends up being I've just found like with all of my teaching, cause I've, I've taught semi privates before um, it, when you pair people together, it, it doesn't seem to be as successful for some odd reason okay. in my experience, okay. but it, you know, you have, cause you have to have people with very similar commitments and whatnot. Um, so it is, it is something that I do now, but not very, not a ton of them. Okay. okay. And so how many members are you sitting at currently right now? Gosh, I mean, the amount of clients I have right now, well, because I also teach via FaceTime and Zoom okay. as well. So that that was something that organically came out of the pandemic, which I never in a million years would have thought would be something that worked. 
um, is maybe 40 people. And so it's, you know, kind of, it's not everyone consistent. Sometimes people kind of sprinkle in and out a little bit. I've got like a core um, group of people that consistently come multiple times a week. Um, but it does ebb and flow a little bit with kind of who draws in and who draws out. Cool. Cool. Yeah. Cool. So you still do virtual training as well, right? Tell me a little bit about that. Do you have that included in the you know list of services you offer? I do. I have that included in the list of services. And that was something for sure that I initially, well, you know, so when I was teaching back in Oregon, it was like, I mean, these people, they really do like become your family, you know, I mean, some of them I really taught for like the 12 or 13 years that I was teaching and you grow a relationship with them and leaving that was actually pretty difficult um, because of how much of a family they felt like to me. So we sort of offhanded mentioned it when I was back in Oregon, like, oh, it'd be fun to maybe do like a Zoom or a FaceTime session, but nobody really thought that was actually going to, I mean, happen. We didn't really right. think it was going to happen. Like, that sounds like so fun, but like, really, are we going to do it? Like, nobody does that, you know? Yeah. And then the pandemic came along and it was like, oh, well, nobody's taking any, any sort of gym of any sorts, you know, like any, you know, working out is all going online. So it, it, I had to be flexible, you know, with that idea. And I was, and I was able to reconnect with a bunch of clients that I had in Oregon. Mm -hmm. And that's still, you know, I, I do teach, um, a few people via, um, FaceTime here in, in Chicago who are not necessarily ready to come back to being in person, you know, and, um, but in Oregon, it's like, I will, unless I moved there, or they moved here, you know, I will never see them in person again. So it's been a really great way to like, still stay very connected to those clients, um, you know, that, you know, just because of that reason, just because we were able to sort of move to Zoom and FaceTime. Yeah. Um, so I still have um, a lot of them. Some of them I teach almost every single day. Cool. Cool. Yeah. yeah. And I think virtual training is super smart. I was speaking to a, a Pilates studio based out of Miami last week and the way they did it, um, they included virtual training in the form of nutrition and accountability. Right. So so members would pay a little extra to get access to these apps like, you know, my fitness pal Trainerize, where they'd get daily meals, custom meal plans, a weekly grocery list, and even daily workouts to do when they're not with you. Um, and, and I thought that was like a whole smart system that they had to, you know, give them more value, be able to make some more money as well. Have you ever thought of doing something similar? Yeah, I've done, you know, the great thing about like, like my brain has like so many different like crazy <laughs> tangents to it that it's been um, endless. The ideas are endless. I think the tr like the difficult part for me is to to hone in on something, you know, because right. it's that whole idea of like spreading your energy, you know, sort of too much where everything kind of just is a little bit flat as opposed to being able to focus on something and really go for the one thing. So probably for me personally, just my own personality in general, that's been a difficult thing. Like the yeah. ideas are like, oh yeah, I want to do this and I want to do this. And I'm like, but there's not enough hours in the day to do all of these things as a solo person, you know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So it growing is, um, would be good. 
to so I could you know potentially like put people off to you know or hire out to help that you right know? right and, and so you are sitting at about 40 members right now I do always like to ask is that a number that you guys want to stop at or are you trying to hit the gas and see some new faces I would love I definitely hitting the gas and seeing some new faces um I I do feel like that by doing that for me personally would be a great way to expand. Um, and, you know, cause sometimes it's like, once you feel comfortable, I feel like at a certain level, um, I think personally, I feel like it's easier to sort of jump to grow again, yeah. um, as opposed to, you know, like coming here initially and, you know, investing in a space that's really big and has, you know, tons of machines and, you know, like group classes for me, wasn't going to be like financially possible. Mm -hmm. Um, and thank goodness I didn't choose that just because of the pandemic, but now I do feel like it's getting to that level where I would like to, you know, kind of jump maybe into a bigger space. And, and I think growing that kind of member list or clientele list would be the way to do it. Okay. Okay. So eventually get to the bigger space, but as of right now, like the first steps for you would be to increase, increase your clientele a bit. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Absolutely. Cool. Cool, cool. So, so since you are at least wanting to see some type of growth, what type of things have you actively been doing um, to, you know, aid that growth process? In, it's, I feel like that, like currently it's a lot of like word of mouth. Mm -hmm. um, so it's kind of talking to people. Like I do, um, I work with some people that, uh, that I actually go see it's so funny that all these different things that I've done to really expand this I work in this um kind of like corporate office I teach okay. in their gym privately um a couple days a week but they're also like real estate people so even just sort of talking to them and being able to you know sort of expand not only the people that like come to me from their office but the idea of being able to get into a different space mm -hmm. that they would sort of help potentially kind of facilitate me finding and even like the design aspect of it okay. um, is something that I've kind of been like seeking out a little bit more, um, you know, so I, I've also like, I'm kind of on this like cusp of really trying to push into my social media a little bit more. I, I do feel like there's, it's hugely untapped and it's something that I was doing previously, but, you know, because of the pandemic and the fact that I'm so located in such a great spot, I'm like, oh, do I really need to expand that? But it, it would be something that would, I know would be good. Yeah, it, it is a worthwhile tool, especially if you want to move to a bigger space, right? I mean, word of mouth is super important, especially when you're first getting started. And it shows proof of product, right? Proof of proof that, you know, what you're providing to your members is valuable enough to where they'll invite friends and family or, you know, co-workers. Um, but it is hard to scale at the same time, right? Because although last month you were able, let's say you got five new members, 10 new members through word of mouth, you can't look at the next three to four months and guarantee that the same rate of growth is going to happen. Um, that's where something that that social media has taken off and helped so many people now. What does that look like? Do you do more like organic social media posts or is it, you know, digital paid advertising? No, I've never done any digital paid advertising. It's definitely all like organic and, mm -hmm. you know, it's, it is, um, 
it's funny because, you know, like I said, when I was first doing this, I kind of put my hands in a lot of stuff right? and like sort of tried to see what was going to stick and what seemed like it was going to um, be the most effective, the quickest. Okay. Um, and I started off like really pushing into that, you know, like I hired a photographer and came into the studio and with myself and like, you know, started to kind of push into um, just myself doing the posting. And then it's just, it ended up just being something that it's like it didn't happen fast enough you know and so I um let it I wouldn't say die but it definitely hasn't been growing yeah 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 have you ever thought of going more into paid advertising or doing things like running Facebook ads or Instagram ads yeah I've done when I I actually like did a lot of this stuff for music before Mm -hmm. like to for you know my band and like with limited resources it um we were we you know really tried to like test and push and test and you know see like kind of what was going on like how much money do you put into it what are you getting back from it you know is this actually creating you know some some followers or some you know income anything and given the like the time to put into like the paid advertising aspects of it and and like the return on that investment in that avenue was not um working very well for us Mm. um for me for myself I I mean I think that things are shifting and changing and it would be so I mean this is we're talking five years ago that this happened and things have grown so much since then I think that it would be worth it to explore that as well Um, it's just kind of like it's challenging to find the balance of it all really you know like you know having your space being solo and then also like uh, you know where are you going to you know, do the best for yourself. Mm. So it's, um, it, I do feel like that that's, you know, kind of worth exploring a little bit more deeply now, especially after, you know, that we've done it before, but it was a long time ago. For sure. For sure. I mean, uh, the, the last person I spoke to the, I think they were called premier Pilates in Miami that I mentioned earlier, um, they were getting, you know, almost eight, to 10 new members a week all through digital advertising and you know having a whole lead gen system to where you know they went from having to be a very community outreach driven gym to where they're holding events to get members and doing all these things to where now it's like hey let's just let these ads run and people will come in on their own um so so definitely worth exploring as well yeah no that's a really good that's really good idea that's an excellent idea because i mean basically it wouldn't be like necessarily adding something more so replacing something right 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 so so for you i know you know it's a lot of things going on you have a lot of responsibilities how do you really deal with all of that as a business owner and so that you could focus on the things that really do move you forward you know, I think that, um, it's just, you like, if it's, it's sometimes inside of you, this, like I, this idea of like, you can't fail. (laughs) And so it's when that is sort of like underwriting, you know, everything you just find it. I think it's like, I'm not a parent, but I, I see it in my friends who are parents who achieve this like high level of functionality that you're just like, I don't know how 
you're surviving right now. Like there's so much going on. I can't even, you know, I don't know how that's, I think there's a layer to that sort yeah. of a business being like, you know, a little bit like a child. I so I think you just like, just, you end up just doing it right you know, and then trying to meditate in between <laughs> yeah Even if yeah let your like five minutes <laughs> let your brain catch up to, to all the things you do throughout the day um, exactly. no cool so so we also talked a little bit earlier about you wanting to add some different maybe layers of service or offer different things like maybe education classes for your members um, what does that look like to you? Is there anything in specific that you have your eyes on right now that you wanted to offer? Um, yeah, go ahead. I think so. I think that like, you know, like as far as, cause I do, you know, energy work um, also outside of this that I have found that, you know, people come to me for a lot of things like, um, you know, just questions in general about how to like uh, achieve a different level of well wellness mm -hmm. within themselves you know and not just on on a physical standpoint but also sort of a mental you know dare i say spiritual aspect of you know how they connect to their existence and um i get so many questions that i've have thought about perhaps kind of doing like a mentorship program yeah. perhaps with it to be able to you know like put something together in order to um you know like once a month or perhaps even once a week um just to sort of help people connect a little bit deeper into all of the th i mean all the things that they're asking mm -hmm. it, it does become that like when you are i think um from my standpoint um, people at, like come to you for a lot of stuff, you know, I'm, I'm not a therapist, but I think probably working in this sort of realm of, of you almost are in this realm, right? Yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah. So even just uh, getting that, like people asking so many questions or telling me about, you know, their own personal achievements that maybe we've talked about in our sessions, um, does kind of make me think that it would be good to do in a more organized fashion and also beneficial for me so I can you know add that as like sort of a feature as opposed to just like oh you're just like able to text me anytime and ask me things I'll just be available that that can be a little exhausting you yeah energetically speaking <laughs> yeah de definitely so 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 Janelle what's kind of like the big picture for you right so we know what you want for your business we know obviously you have a big passion for you know your members the service you give the energy that you know, you're helping them control, helping them direct. Um, but what is it that you want from the business, right? What do you want the business to give back to you and your family at the end of the day? Oh, honestly, it, it already does everything that I want it to, you know, I mean, I, I would love to grow it, you know, financially and to be in a space maybe where at some point I worked a little bit less than what I do, but it really does truly feed me and gives me absolutely everything that I could want mm -hmm. so i mean i'm very lucky like i love what i do and even in the small little intricacies of it it doesn't have to be something that's like over the top for me to be appreciative and to feel like i'm doing something good in the world i love it i love it and my last question here i always like to ask this one especially since you know, you're, you're about what, three, four years into the game here. If you were to, you know, look at maybe your old self or someone who's starting a gym now, what's one piece of advice that you to give them? 
Um, trust, <laughs> trust that things are going to be okay. Like that was the biggest thing for me is just, you know, like the self doubt never works. It really does not like worry, worry, worry. It just doesn't. It just is really kind of designed to make you feel bad and, and to feel fear and underneath the fear is really a hard place to come out of. So if you just can, if, you know, I mean, and that's where like meditation can kind of come into it. If you can really trust in what you're doing and that you're like really meant for it and you love it, it, it happens. It yeah. just does. Yeah. And, and things kind of click together on their own, right? That's something yep. that I've noticed too. You take the risk, you, you know, make the leap of faith and then things start meshing together on their own accord. Um, but cool, Janelle, I appreciate you. I think that's a pretty good place to start to wrap things up on this episode. But before we do head out of here, please give a shout out to your Instagram, Facebook, website, anything, just so the listeners can find some more info on you and your gym. Excellent. Excellent. Um, my website is um, eliteintegratedpilates.com. And same with my Instagram. So uh, elite integrate or elite integrated Pilates is my Instagram as well. Yes, you guys, make sure you check them out. Janelle Rydell from Elite Integrated Pilates out of Chicago, Illinois. I appreciate you once again. And as for the listeners here, don't forget, if you want to be notified about future episodes, hit like and subscribe. If you are interested in joining us to talk about your business model within the fitness industry, click the link in the description, fill it out, and our team will be in touch with you soon. And as always, until next time, Jim Lords out. Thank you so much for listening. If you found this content valuable, here's four ways we can help you grow your gym for free. One, grab a free copy of Alex Ramosi's best-selling book, Gym Launch Secrets at alexsbook.com. Two, join our free Facebook group at alexsgroup.com. Three, if you're a gym owner, you can apply to be on the podcast by emailing us at podcast at gymlaunch.com. Four, leave us a five-star review so we can gain access to more gym owners and bring those lessons back to you. And as always, Tap that button and subscribe to this podcast for more.